Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Ed. Hi, everybody. My name's Ed, and I am a compulsive overeater. And boy, this is a trip. I'm looking at the faces. Um, 13 years ago, this was the first meeting I came to. Um, and uh, Leslie was the first person I met at a meeting. Um, and I look around, I see Lucy, and I see so many faces. Um, I know Tara from Valley meetings and um, not Valley meetings. Foothill meetings. I used to live in the Valley, sorry. Anyway, and uh, Walter's here. Walter took me to my first meeting um, and he's still my sponsor. So um, I want to uh, welcome the new people, especially I think it was Monica. You said it was your first meeting. Um, I hope I say something tonight that, um, you know, strikes home with you. And if I don't, uh, just remember, I'm not representative of this program. Um, I'm just one, you know, overeater talking to another person with a food problem, and that's all it is. Um, so, boy, it's a lot of newcomers, too. 16, I counted. Um, so, welcome, everybody. And um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's um, a little bizarre my story right now, especially for the last couple of years. Um, and I'm not, I've been, I've been sort of struggling with where to start. And I think I'm going to start just where I was like and what I was like and um, what happened. And um, there's a lot of what happened after I got here that has changed my relationship with food. Uh, tremendously. And um, so I'll get to that. So I, uh, I grew up in a, uh, in a neighborhood and a household that used food as medicine. Um, if you weren't feeling right, it was here, eat this, you'll feel better. You know, oh, you're sad here, have some ice cream, you'll feel better. You know, um, and there was a lot of that going on. Um, and uh, I grew up in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood, so food was always a plenty back then. And this was during the late 60s, early 70s. So um, I, I went to a lot of seders and ate a lot of food. And, um, and I did, I always felt better while I was eating, but not after I was done. Um, and I continued this behavior and I had no idea what I was doing. I, I had no idea that, uh, you know, food was such a great sedative for me, um, um, especially sugar. Well, I should say flour and sugar because bread and butter yeah, it's right up there, the top of the list. Um, and so, um, 
a cut to the chase. It was 19, no, 19, no, it was 2007. So it was 13 years ago. I went to my first meeting a little over 13 years ago. And this, this was my first meeting. And it's a little intimidating. There's 160 people here tonight. Um, in the meeting room, I think, I'm not quite sure, Leslie or Lucy or somebody could, you know, I think there was what, maybe 60, 70 seats or something like that. And it was rare if we ever filled them up. Um, and also, just a just a just a note about the podcasts. Um, I recorded this meeting for two years, and 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 I was sitting next to somebody one night, and I said, you know, ah, this is so much work. I, you know, I, I I hope it's worth it. You know, because it did take a couple of extra hours every week to put the uh, back then to put the podcast up so that it would show up on the website. And um, that night, someone was there from the middle of the country who had to drive something like two hours to get to a meeting. And if it weren't for the podcast, she doesn't know if she would have made it. And so there was my answer. So there's people out there who really make use of it. And I, and I have a lot of respect. And, and I'm really glad that you guys, you know, that it's still going on. Because they're invaluable to a lot of people, invaluable to a lot of people. So, all right, in 2007, my wife came down with ovarian cancer, and um, it was a very hairy time. It was a very hairy time. She is cancer-free, 13 years, um, and counting. So, however, talk about stress um, and stress eating, and that's where my eating just literally spiraled out of control. My top weight was 250 pounds. I was 165 when I graduated high school. So I put on almost 100 pounds since I graduated high school. Um, and when I got to a waist size 40, I, I, I said, uh-oh, I think something's wrong. <laughs> There's something wrong here. Um, so I didn't care what I was eating and I didn't care how much I weighed and it got as bad as it ever got because I was hiding food, I was sneaking food, I was eating food with the refrigerator door open, the freezer door open, the cabinet open so I could throw it back in in case somebody walked in. Um, so I found it was better just to shove a couple of bags of candy under my car seat because I was doing so much driving back and forth from work and to the hospital and um, spending a lot of time at home and at the hospital. Um, and I was, thank God I was, I was able to work uh, full time remotely back then and uh, it really saved my ass. However, there was a, a place called Jerry's Deli. For you who are not in LA, Jerry's Deli used to be, I don't know if the ones uh, is still there across from Cedars, but that's where she got all her chemo treatments. and. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, I had gained and lost 50 pounds a bunch of times before uh, 2007. And I went, you know, I was, I was a diet king. Um, I think the weirdest one was called Fit for Life, which you ate a lot of fruit. And um, I got so sick of fruit. Um, after I lost the 50 pounds, I went right to in and out you know? Um, which in, if, if you don't know in California, it's uh, the most popular burger chain. Um, and uh, 
So that wave came back on and it just went up and down and up and down and up and down. Um, and I tried a bunch of different diets. And so um, I walked into a meeting and I'm also an alcoholic. I've been sober, well, let's put it this way. I haven't had a drink since 1988, but I currently have about uh, four years clean off of drugs. Um, and uh, I went to, I, Walter and I were going to meetings together and Walter sat next to me and Walter was sweating it out. And Walter was a pretty big guy, let me tell you. Um, and so I walked into this meeting and there was Walter sitting there reading the paper. And, and, and it was, I was like, I, I almost didn't recognize him because he had lost, he's a hundred pounder. And, and, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I said, dude, how, what's going on? Uh, you know, how did you do this? And without hesitating, without blinking, without anything else, you just said, away. And some reason, you know, that stuck in the back of my head. And it was just enough of a seed. So when I, when my eating was out of control, when my wife was sick, I knew who to call. I knew who to call. And so I called him and he asked if I wanted to go to the meeting, if I wanted to go to a meeting. And I said, I don't know if I want it that bad yet. <laughs> so it took me another month or two before I showed up. And so I got here in October of 2013. And my initial abstinence was um, really clean food. And I lost uh, 70 pounds in that first year. And I felt probably the best I've ever felt in my entire life. And um, so, because I was exercising again, um, my knees weren't hurting. I had two knee replacements um, because I kind of tore my knees out. Um, I work on my feet. I'm in the restaurant business, so it's a lot of running around. Um, plus, I was an athlete, but the extra weight certainly didn't help the cartilage in my knees or my back. Um, so at seven years, um, I restarted. And um, what happened was I started listening, listening to too many other people's food plans. And I started saying, well, if they can do it, I can do it. But you know, that's not a food that I was eating. But if, if, if this person's doing it, why can't I? And I was taking too much of that stuff in and to a point where I didn't know what my abstinent was anymore. Um, and I didn't know what my food plan was anymore. So that's why I restarted. And um, I was doing, I was doing pretty well. I was, I was committing my food. It was not a perfect abstinence. Um, and then in uh, June of 2019 and and this is what, this is what kind of uh, really changed my relationship with food, not 2000, yeah, it was 2019, because um, it's coming up on two years, it'll be two years, it's June. I got really sick with a, um, um, a case of what they call necrotizing pancreatitis. And that means that my pancreas was dissolving because of an infection. 
And so because they didn't know when they were going to do the surgery, I, I was on a very limited uh, water and ice diet for a month. That's all I had. I was allowed a cup of ice and a couple sips of water for a month. And, but I was so out of it. I'll tell you, I didn't, I, I didn't care. It didn't matter to me because I was in so much pain. Make a long story short, I had the surgery. There were a lot of issues, uh, you know, this, I can take, this can kill you. I almost died. We'll put it that way. I came about as close to death as I'm ever going to come. And, um, um, they really didn't know if I was going to make it. Um, and two things came out of that. First was, um, and I got to give credit to the program and the steps, because the only way I made it through that was that I had faith that I was going to make it. You want to call it obstinacy? I don't know. The doctors called it resilient. You know, they had a hard time believing that I did so well after I was so sick. Um, but I had faith. I had faith and I learned that here. I learned faith here. I didn't have any faith before I came to the program. And if I, if I take anything away from my experience of working with the steps and you know, my continual working with the steps and working with others and going to meetings is that I have faith. I have faith that everything's gonna be okay. Um, and that really carried me through. Um, one of the nasty side effects of the surgery was a couple of things, um, gastritis, uh, AKA acid reflux, heartburn, um, and it can really hurt. I had no idea it could be so painful. Um, and as a result, I had a really hard time eating. Um, my normal weight's around 180. Like I said, my top weight was 250, something like that. Um, after a period of time, I got down to 145 pounds and I was skin and bones. I was skin and bones. Um, and so they had to put a feeding tube in and I still couldn't eat. The thought of eating made, it, made me want to throw up. It really did. If I could struggle like with a small cup of chicken noodle soup, it was a major victory. Um, so I was on this feeding tube. I don't even know how long I was on it. All I know is that I had to carry it around. I had to sleep with it. Um, and uh, then one day I woke up and I was about as hungry as I can ever remember being. And I just started eating. I just started eating. And so they took the feeding tube out and here's what, here's what was, here's what, you know, so I struggled with not eating and now I've got to gain back weight because I'm dangerously low at 145 pounds. Um, and so I started eating things that um, I, 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 you know, it's really weird. I can say that I shouldn't have eaten, but I tell you what, what they told me was, what the medical experts said was, if you can eat it, eat it. That's all there is to it. If you can eat it, eat it, because you have got to get some weight back on. And so I was eating, I forgot, can I mention specific foods or not? Yes or no? I can? Okay. 
So I was, I tell you what, my two favorite things, uh, pizza, which I don't eat anymore, um, and frozen yogurt. I was having like $50 worth of frozen yogurt delivered <laughs> at a time and throwing it in the freezer. Um, but it felt, it just, it just, it tasted good and it just coated everything and it worked. It worked. And so I still struggled with a lot of different foods. And so um, I had to be careful. I couldn't eat tomatoes and all this other stuff because it just upset my stomach. Um, and I love Mexican food and I couldn't eat Mexican food. Um, it, you know, too spicy, even, even light curries are too spicy still. So now I'm eating all these foods that I'm not supposed to eat that I know by my food inventory, I should not be eating. They are my red light foods. And so I get up to this, to this weight, this healthy weight from what they tell me. I get up to about 175, 180, and I want to put the brakes on, but I can't. I can't put the brakes on. It, it, the disease overtook my eating again. It just overtook it. And um, it was, it was, I was right back where I was in 2007 with the hiding, with everything. And um, it, night eating, sugar, um, uh, flour, um, all of those things um, I decided to keep because I was sick, but I've already reached and exceeded the weight that I should have been. But because I had added so many things to that recovery, whew, I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not, but it really, really fucked with my program. Let's put it that way. Um, and it made it really hard to stop. And um, I recently, you know, when I went in the hospital, I, the thought of sending in a food inventory for ice and water, I wasn't even thinking about program when I was that sick. And so I stopped sending, you know, my sponsor didn't hear from me after the day I went in the hospital. And um, I'm just getting back to sending him my food inventory. Um, and, uh, but, so, so, you know, I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not, but it's what I had to do. I don't think there's an instruction book for, you know, so, for a compulsive eater like me that says, you know, if you get sick and you lose all this weight, here's how the careful way to bring it back is, you know? I, I, I didn't know what the right, I was listening to the doctors. They saved my life. I figured they know what they're doing, you know? Um, so the other struggle is that if you don't have a pancreas, you don't have insulin in your system, which means that my body does not create insulin when my blood sugar goes sky high. So uh, I'm a type one diabetic now. I'm still coming to terms with that. That's another trip, you know, to live for, I was uh, 66 when I got sick. And so you know, for a 66-year-old person to all of a sudden have to deal with, you know, not only what I had to deal with, but now I've got to deal with the, the diabetes. And so 
um, you know, I'm still getting the hang of it a year and a half later. I'm still getting the hang of my blood sugar, maintaining, uh, you know, blood sugar and, you know, what can send it spiking and what can bring it down. Um, and what happens when it gets really low, the things that I have to consume, if it gets too low, I can die. Um, you can die from uh, um, having an excess of insulin in your system. So if I give myself some and I go and exercise and my blood sugar gets down to below 50, uh, you know, this big alarm goes off on my phone because I have a constant monitor. And um, the only thing that brings it up is carbohydrates, sugar, carbohydrates. And so apple juice, orange juice, things that I know are full of sugar, but I ha that's the only way I can bring it back up. That's the only way I can bring it back up. Um, so, well, I can eat candy, but I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna do that. <laughs> you can do that, eat a chocolate bar. I saw a t-shirt that says, you know, if I'm passed out, feed me chocolate. <clears throat> Hershey's milk chocolate, you know? So, um, that's where I'm at today. And uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a wild ride from, you know, the first time I came in to the time I relapsed till the time I got sick and, you know, the kind of stuff I'm dealing with now. But the only, the only way that I'm able to deal with it, and somebody said this, um, one of the chip persons said it, or one of the newcomers said it was that no matter what, they kept coming back. And I never left the program. I never really left the program. I was, I was out of contact because I was out of, I was just out of it, you know, for five, six months, literally. I lost cognitive ability. I lost physical ability. So I couldn't even read a sentence. The best I could do was lay in bed and watch TV and that, you know what? It is what it is. But so I'm back to meetings, regular meetings. Um, I have commitments at meetings. And um, I actually saw a couple people on here from uh, my Tuesday morning step study that I go to. Anybody's welcome to come. It's 7.30 Tuesday morning. Um, and it's on the Foothill Intergroup website. Um, Tara and I go, I saw Nancy here somewhere. She goes when she's when she's around um it's a great group i really love that group and that's kind of like my home group now um since i moved I, this was my home group but we moved uh out to highland park and it's a like a 40 it can be an hour drive to brentwood and so uh it sort of limited my ability to come and hang out on saturday night so um but i would have done it for tara absolutely <laughs> so it's uh it's 610 i don't think i've got a whole lot more to say except for the fact that um the only way through this stuff is 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 to work a spiritual program there is no diet that's going to solve it there's no there's no magic pill that we can take that's going to solve it you know there's no one person you know that Ed, if, it's 610 now yeah i know i saw i'm about okay. to yeah i'm just winding up okay 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Carol. Um, there's no, you know, one person who can do it for you. Um, and I, you know, it took me a long time, you know, um, in my other program to figure that out. It took me seven years to figure that out. But once I figured it out, um, man, my life changed. My life changed tremendously. It was unbelievable how my life changed through the steps. Um, I'm no longer the person I was. Um, my character defects still, they still pop up. They never go away fully. Um, and, uh, but I now have a way to deal with them, you know? And hopefully they don't come out so much that I actually hurt someone. And I don't mean physically, that's not me. But I can cause a lot of emotional pain just by being an asshole. So, um, and it scares people. It scares people. So I believe that's it. I can't think of anything else to say right now except to say thank you to Tara. And it's really great to see some of your faces. It really is. It really. Oh, Mickey, I forgot to say hi to Mickey, too. Mickey and I used to hang out a lot. So, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Thank you very much, guys. Alrighty, thank you so much, Ed. So now we have um, time for questions. So please raise your hand and I'll go ahead and call on you. Nancy B. My name is Nancy Beach and I'm a compulsive overeater. I have been a member of OA for 44 years. Oh. I maintain 150 pound weight loss. And I would like to say to you um, that I think your story is amazing. You have a lot of courage to be honest. However, I have walked through things like that and come out the other side happy, joyous, and free. So there is a lot of hope. And I'm hoping that right now you would take a few minutes to not talk about food, not to talk about suffering, but to talk about your connection with God and your program and what you do every day. This place is laden with newcomers who need the so would you give them some hope? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Nancy. Um, I sometimes get, you know, it, it, it's good. It's good when my wife can come with me to meetings because she puts me back on the road. You know, she goes like this and then I, I, I know to get to my program. Um, so let's say, okay. So on a daily basis, when I get up, um, I have six books that I read and then I pray and meditate anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Um, and the whole process takes about an hour and I do it every single day, um, without fail. And I use this little meditation app, um, called insight. And I love it because it has some guided ones or you can uh, just set a timer for yourself it has music in the background. It's great. My connection with God. Now it's funny. You should ask that. Um, my, My, I tend to think of it as my spiritual life. I have always had trouble with a God because of the God of my childhood. And I still, I still have trouble with that. And so when I say that I have faith, it's the same exact thing 
as as I get the same feeling saying that in here as when I hear someone say that God helped them get through that. For me, it's the same thing. It's just, I just can't call it God. But I do, I do pray. I do pray and um, I do meditate. Um, and I find a lot of solace in both. I really do. Um, but for me, again, it's just faith. It's, that's just what I call it. But it's just calling the same thing a different name. That's all. Because I came to believe. I seriously came to believe. And so um, for me, that works. For me, that works. What do you think, Nance, with 44 years? Did I do okay? Uh, much better. Okay. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> Talk about what you do for fun, because this is a program of happy, joyous, and free. Yeah, what I do for fun. Oh, my God. Um, you know, right now, um, being that I have to be really careful about going out um, because of my immune system, um, my wife and I, I've been reading a ton um, I love, you know, detective novels, and my wife and I have been binging a lot of TV shows. Let's put it, we've been doing a lot of that, and that's right now what we're doing for fun. I mean, usually we have people over. Um, I cook. I'm a chef, and so um, right now I've been doing a lot of cooking, a lot of different cooking, and that's really fun because, you know, I, I don't think I've made the same dish twice in you know, I've made a couple dishes twice just because they're easy, but for the most part, I've just, I've been having a ton of fun doing that, and my wife's had a lot of fun eating it, so, yeah. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Ed. Um, we don't have anyone else that would like to ask questions. Is there anyone that would like to ask a question? We have about three minutes left. Hey, I'd love to ask a question. This is B. Um, Ed, thank you so much for your lead. I was wondering if uh, you could spend a moment talking about how um, the program has transformed your relationship um, with yourself, your internal life, any self-loathing that you alluded to earlier. Thank you. Um, yeah, okay. So it's funny, funny you mentioned that because I'm, I'm a firm believer that, um, and I didn't get to it, but in chapter five, it says we share in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now. And I will tell you that I came in as a real taker, a very selfish person, a very angry person. Um, and I had a lot of damage in my wake. And I, um, I didn't think much of myself. Um, I just thought about myself all the time. And that's all I could do. And, and, and what, you know, took that pain away. There was just, and, it, and I've come to realize that it was just a big empty hole. It was a big empty hole that I was filling with lashing out at other people, um, making other people feel like crap used to make me feel good. Um, and um, so, you know, what happened was, um, I, you know, it was the steps and it was coming, it was coming to believe and having that relationship. And, and, um, I, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a real spiritual experience on a, on a retreat once where, um, I told a priest my life story and I swore I'd never talk to another priest again. 
<laughs> because of my childhood. But here I am in this chapel with this Franciscan priest, and I'm telling him my life story, and I'm saying, so why am I still so angry? And he, and he said, are you truly sorry for everything you'd ever done? And to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't really sorry. I was going through the motions, but I wasn't really sorry. And I had to go back and do, redo some amends because I wasn't sorry. And I, 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 I like to think that, you know, I was incapable of empathy and compassion. Um, and I really strive to include those in my everyday life now. Um, yeah, so I make it a point to try and make other people's day better rather than making it worse like I used to. So, and that comes from inside. That comes from inside. You know, I had, a, I had an old friend who used to say, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. These steps, they're an inside job. Um, and I found that to be really true. So. Okay, thank you so much, Ed. 